0: Welcome to reactive. My name Yay. is
1: Kaleo.
0: I did it. I did it. You did it
1: right. <laughs> uh, well, the okay, sorry. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I just wanted to see if you noticed. Uh, my name is Khalil, and I'm here with Raquel. Hi. And Henning. Hello. Hello. What's up? Hello. How are we doing? Uh,
1: this is, it's, it's been an interesting week on the internet, I think, at least oh, yeah? for me. Really? Yeah. There's been there's been some really good blog posts this week. Cool. Um, yeah.
0: I don't know if I saw them.
1: Okay. Um, I've been living
0: under
2: a rock, so I don't know what happened this past week.
1: (laughs) Fair enough. Was Um, it rock
0: camp?
2: (laughs) No, it's just uh, (laughs) I have to make up for stuff at night, so it's been kind of a little bit rough. So. Oh no. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh. Um, Anyway.
2: Anyway, go ahead, sorry.
1: Yeah. No, it's okay. Uh, Tell me what so, happened. Yeah, so there was there was this one interesting blog post that I saw uh by the uh now former CTO of Etsy. Hmm. Uh so if you're familiar with etsy.com, it's a it's a basically a, a website where you can buy crafts, you know, from independent uh crafters. So you can if you need something fancy like a handmade knit quilt for some newborn baby or something, you can find 70 billion and five, uh, handmade (laughs) newborn quilts and you can order one and it goes, it's, it's, it's really nice anyway. Um, but it, this is, this website has scaled hugely in the last five years. Uh, five years ago, it was not a very, it was, it was, it wasn't always up for one. Uh, and, and now it's really kind of a commercial staple I would say uh, on the internet and the the CTO uh, has decided to step down after five years and he wrote this really amazing blog post about how he used to work at Flickr and then uh, came to Etsy as like this opportunity to try to build something uh, from the ground up and and take this, kind of startup that wasn't scaling very well and people weren't really, it was a tiny team and people didn't really know all the things about how to make a great product because who really does in a startup? Um, and and so he came on board and and tried to help turn the whole thing around and he started off with these really interesting theories about what happens if you kind of throw away the, expectation of this is how things are supposed to work, and instead question everything and say, well, what if it didn't have to work that way? Or things like, well, the 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 ideas are I don't know, like like it, it's, a, it's a really interesting blog post about how much has changed in five years and how some of the things that we all took for granted five years ago or that we expected to be the truth behind technology five years ago versus what we expect and what the truth is now. Uh, it's it's just a really fascinating blog post, very, very open-minded about how to build a good team and a good company and a good software product without actually talking too, too much in detail about all the different things. But I, I just thought it was a really fascinating blog post and um, was Basically, I read it and I was like, I want to have – I want to learn things like that. <laughs> One day I'm going to be that cool.
0: So oh, what were it? the takeaways? Ahead, sorry.
1: sorry. Oh, um, so let's see. Basically, he said that um, the, the, the biggest thing, I think, of the takeaway here was that – 5 years ago we thought we knew everything but we really didn't and that in the process of building Etsy's uh development environment and like dev team he has learned a whole bunch of things that he never really thought could be true and in the process built a really stable scalable company uh and and product really that Delights millions of people and is just a really strong tech stack to boot um, and and of course like the sad part of it is that he he worked really 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 hard for five years and then got really burnt out and uh, but the good news is that he built a team that he can now in, in such a way that he can actually step back he doesn't have to be in charge of it mm-hmm. and that I think is is really the most compelling thing. That when you enable the people who are kind of doing the work that you've asked them to do, to do their best work, you can kind of actually step away after a while and you can hand it off to those people and you're no longer, like, it's a sign of success if you aren't needed anymore. You know what I mean? As opposed to this notion of well, they need me, and therefore I need to stay, and that's how I know I'm successful because without me, everything would fall over and break down. When I think really, success is I help them get to the point where they no longer need me anymore, and they're they will continue to be successful even without me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you know, defining the success not in terms of yourself but in terms of your team, and uh, that to me was the most compelling thing about this blog post.
2: That's a really awesome attitude to have that I don't think well <clears throat> probably a lot of people have because usually it's the opposite they you know job security et cetera, mm-hmm. and they don't don't want to leave but if if you're in it with that kind of attitude that certainly changes things I'm sure um, you know for your employees specifically so that that would be really neat, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't aware that Etsy is a, is a website for crafts. I always thought they're like some major tech company cause they're always in the news or if there's stuff about them. I had no clue that they, they yeah. do that.
1: <laughs> so. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's all about independent like art and crafts and, um, huh. like I have friends who make stuff and it's, it's basically, a, it's a website for, for makers and people who want to buy the things that people make. Um, uh, and, uh, it's neat. You can find all sorts of things. I actually bought, uh, for, for Christmas one year, my husband wanted um, uh, uh, cufflinks. He wanted cufflinks. And I was like, I want some cool cufflinks. Like Not just anything that you like, go over to your local department store and just look in the case and are like, well, those look nice. Uh, but on Etsy, there was actually somebody who made uh, cufflinks out of old circuit boards. And so, like, would like cut up little circuit boards, and then like you know put some uh, epoxy or something, and then um, just kind of like it was just really really cool, and, and turn those into cufflinks. And I was just like, okay, these are neat. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> you know, it's just it's just handmade stuff. Yeah. Not everything needs to come from Amazon. <laughs>
0: yeah, that is it's cool. Yeah, yeah, they are. Uh, lots of people are also are they. I think making a living on there is that true? Uh, I, yeah. yeah.
1: Oh yeah. It takes a lot of work, but it's totally. It is possible. It is possible. You like you can be your own boss and make all sorts of things. I mean, it's a brilliant business. It really is. I'm amazed. I'm amazed there aren't more things like Etsy. Actually, just because it is such a smart business model and and it's a solid platform, which I'm sure has. Uh, in no small part, thanks to the uh, this, the former CTO. So, yeah, it's cool stuff. <laughs> Other things. Khalid, did you read any blog posts?
0: Uh, I saw this cool thing uh, from Brad Frost. Brad Frost. Do you know who Brad Frost is?
1: I've I've heard the name for sure. That sounds familiar.
2: Is he the guy with the astronaut avatar? Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
0: Yeah, first time I saw him at um, the first ever smashing conf in uh, Freiburg, Germany. And uh back then he's a, he's a very good speaker. He gave a lot of very um interesting talks and he's uh he's a web developer and um he for instance created and he thinks a lot about how to Make good websites and how to and what kind of patterns need to be used in mobile first was something that he was propagating a lot <clears throat> and um, so he's a he has some very interesting opinions and um, very thought through stuff uh, He's a very entertaining speaker um, he has a blog he is also he also created PatternLab.io, which is in my opinion the best kind of living style guide that you could create. And uh, PatternLab.io follows also something that he, co- uh, a term he coined or a principle, which is called atomic design, which means that you basically break down a website down to its smallest parts. So, um, so, you, so and, and, and those parts are called atoms and then you can put them together and those become, you can put, the smallest elements could be like an input field just plain html um elements like an h1 or a p tag or something like that and you just define how they look by themselves and then molecules could be uh, could be like a, an html tag with a class and then uh and then molecules and then you have organisms and organisms now are like multiple molecules how they work together, how they, like for instance, an image with a caption and like a paragraph, of text next to it, like how does that look? And then you can take, and it makes it very, very modular and you can put that stuff together and from that you make templates and from the templates you make sites and this Pattern Lab I.O. thing is just genius. It's like... it's it allows you to if you follow the same principle cuz it's not the code itself like the css that he uses there, it's just an example it's really r- rudimentary but the principle of it you can look at it and you, there's also node node version um of it by the way which is also really cool and um is it really a al- it, it theoretically if you do it right it allows you to kind of create a style guide that you can uh, you can look at the individual little parts that you need that you p- need f- to put together your site, and you can see it all how it works together in pages and stuff like that. In the, on the same page, there's a ne- menu that's generated just from templates and conventions that you use, and the code actually you reuse everything. If you define one element, it gets reused. And then you can even, uh, when you, there's like a view for your code, when you look at that, it shows the dependencies of that snippet that you're looking at. So if you're looking at a molecule, it has links to all the different atoms that it uses and stuff like that. So amazing, amazing uh, thing, I think, for because it allows you theoretically, if you build it correctly, to write your components, like you, the front end of your website, For that style, for this living style guide, the Pattern Lab IO, and also use it for your application at the same time, which allows it to be a truly living style guide, because it will always be up to date, because that's where you actually write the code in. And then the application can use exactly the same code. So, but that's an aside. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I just wanted to because I just remember that he is the guy that did this. I just wanted to give it high praise because I think it's genius, and I always try to use it wherever I can. And so he he made the site called deathtobullshit.com. dot com. Okay. And I think it's it's uh it's triggered by a discussion that's currently going on. So if you go to deathtobullshit.com, dot com, there is a small article about um, where he is basically ranting or. Not ranting, but but complaining about how a lot of popular websites and magazines, like web magazines online, they um, put a lot of bullshit on their site. And what he means by that is stuff like pop-ups, you know, junk... Well, he also says junk, but some you know, dark, dark patterns, a lot of this advertising that's on a lot of websites that spams the user... Full with stuff, and um, <clears throat> I think it's a it's an interesting it's an interesting page. When you click on turn on bullshit or turn bullshit on, it asks you first, do you really <laughs> want to turn on the bullshit, and then. It it kind of simulates the situation with all, uh, you know, lots of ads on it and stuff like that. It's just very funny. And then there's this pop up that goes, like us on Facebook if you think racism is bad. And then if you want to click it away, oh my God. We, like, because I always, I always click on the little link to close it and it says, wow, okay, we didn't believe you would be so brazen and actually admit that you're racist, blah, blah, blah. Stuff like that. So it's like, it's a parody of those kind of websites that, where everything, there's just advertising everywhere and it just slows down the site like crazy.
1: Oh.
0: And, um, oh my
1: god, I'm looking at the site right now and I'm just like, this is, that's infinite scroll of ads. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah. So, um, and this is a, this is an interesting, I think this is a really interesting topic because, um, and he also wrote a blog post, I think, that he posted today that I read, where he was he was kind of addressing some comments that that um, people made, you know, because of this death to bullshit site. Because some people were like, uh, "Doesn't he know that you know people need to make money to live?" Blah blah. Because that's where the money comes from for a lot of websites. And he was kind of commenting on you know irrational comments and and just ranting a little bit about that and basically saying like advertisements he understands that and of course and it it just needs to be like in moderation it needs to be used in the right way so you don't you don't um chase it with the users and actually there's a there's an interesting discussion that kind of uh was brought up in a lot of um mac mac focused apple focused podcasts because because apple will be the in ios 9 um Apple basically allows um, developers to write extensions so that content, web content can be blocked, which means that, of course, immediately there's going to be ad blocking on iOS, which apparently already exists on Android as well. And um, because mobile traffic is is just so much traffic, this kind of looks like um, this many people kind of deduce that uh, ads will become less effective than they are right now. And they will not be able to make as much money for the people that live from those ads. So there's a lot of discussion about why are ads so terrible? Why do they slow down the sites and stuff like that? And I I had a few thoughts about that because I feel like... From what I know is that um, also Brad Frost made this comparison. He he showed John Gruber's website. John Gruber is an Apple blogger, and he has very he has like ads. He has companies that pay him to write an article or like a paragraph about them in his feed once per week, and he gets um, good money for that. And he also has a little tiny ad on the on the side of his blog. And, um, and it's very subtle and it's doesn't disturb at all and stuff like that. And he makes good money, but he's one person, right? And there's other sites that have a whole staff of writers and, and, um, uh, editors and stuff like that. And they all need to be paid. And, um, apparently those, those advert, those advertising networks, those scripts that you put into your page, um a lot of that stuff is very automated and apparently that still does, even though it's terrible, terrible technology and it really slows down people's sites and stuff like that. For some reason, it still generates a lot of money or enough money for those big websites to kind of pay their staff and stuff like that. And uh, I was just wondering why is this stuff? Why? Because there's so much money in, 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 in those ads they should have a better way to kind of implement them so that they don't slow everything down like that. Do you have any experience with that or do you have any thoughts on that?
1: I mean, I definitely have some thoughts on it. I think, uh, so there's this wonderfully old phrase, you know, whatever, uh, called, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, And I think I would argue that the reason why we haven't seen any evolution in terms of our ads is because for a lot of people, it it's fine, right? Like they don't care because there's a huge difference between people who are content creators and people who are content consumers. When you're a creator, you don't really think about, what it's like to be a consumer of your website. You think about what it's like to be a consumer of someone else's website, but you don't think about it in terms of your own website. And so it's really easy, really, really easy to take a little JavaScript snippet and just copy and paste it into the little script section of your blog blog WordPress thing, right? And then there's your ad, and there it is. And then uh, you talk to whoever the site is, and and you get a check every every month. It's it's not uh, it doesn't take a lot of effort to implement, and for the person who's creating the website, the amount of money that you get versus the amount of effort that you have to put in to get that money, the the ratio of that is just too high. <clears throat> it doesn't make sense for a person who's creating content on a website and adding these ads to their website to, like, demand anything different. Because, and the other thing is that they just don't know, right? I personally would very much rather, I would argue that one sponsor who's willing to pay a lot of money uh, for having, like, exclusive access to all of your readers is way, way better than having lots and lots and lots of crummy sponsors who don't pay very much money. Uh, for your readership. Uh, but I think that's an economics issue that most people just aren't aware of. I don't think there's anybody been out there, like there's nobody out there who's tried to say, okay, we're going to fix ads and it's going to be better. And this is the way, this is the new way of of getting people to help you pay for your stuff. Um, I think we're getting a lot more people who are saying, I would rather pay you, the content creator, uh, a nominal fee every month just don't bombard me with ads, right? Like I will pay you directly as a consumer. Just don't make me see any ads. And that's definitely starting to work as well.
0: Oh yeah? Where where do you see that?
1: Um well just think of like uh podcasts that are all over the place. People will pay for the podcast instead of uh ask like so instead of somebody saying, uh this podcast is sponsored by so and so um instead the like you can you can just pay for it or, or just think of like software right like you can have your freemium software which has ads all over the place or you can pay for your software and not have ads all over the place you see it in uh on like in the apps on the on the on the app store in iTunes right like mm. you can either get the free version which has the ads or you can pay the buck 99 or whatever uh for the ad free version yeah but it
0: it doesn't it doesn't pay enough i think i mean there's there's only really a few organizations that really made that work or or it's really like single content like a one person website that really does a makes like a good living of uh subscription um payments from from readers and 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 listeners Uh, for Mm -hmm. instance um this is a guy, Sean Blanc is his name. He's also like an Apple kind of uh, ecosystem blogger, thinker guy. And he has a podcast that only goes out to um, his subscribers. And and yeah, yeah, at some point he just quit his job and he was just doing that. It's amazing, right? But you need a lot of readers for that. And it's really just yeah. one person that can live from that. And it, there's, there's yeah. not a lot of uh, app creators that can really live from from you know the money they make on iTunes, and then and and when it comes to those sites like uh, what's it called like um, it's not MacWorld but there's another one like i i something that is also like an Apple uh, website that has like a, it, quite a big staff and, and they and they're not in control they're not like the content creators the people who write the articles they don't want the the crappy ads on their site. But they're not allowed to take it off because it generates all that money. And it is not it's not a little money, you know, it's it's enough money to pay for people's salaries or something like that.
2: Well that's not gonna change until there's an incentive to change it. And um yeah. you know, that that's I don't know when that's gonna happen. But for me, example, um if you look at the you know, you asked where where does this work, I don't I don't watch TV anymore. Um I haven't had T V hooked up for years. Um we either get our content on Netflix or uh Amazon or iTunes. And I can't I I I can't sit through, you know, regular T V shows with with ad with ads. I'll just wait until they come on on one of those uh channels and pay for it. I don't care. And um I think for radio, this is kind of the same thing. I mean I know podcasts are Trying to monetize, or a lot of podcasts are trying to monetize with with commercials, but or with ads. Um, but there, you again, you kind of have control. You can skip through them if you don't want to hear them. Uh, and the good podcasts actually have really cool ads yeah, uh, that I do want to They're
0: not so intrusive. Those ads,
2: you know, that's exactly like, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, but and, I it, think that's that's the, they they are you know like you were saying, John Gruber. He's he's someone that but that pays close attention to that, and he he cares right mm-hmm. and. There are certain podcasts that really care and, and yeah. do some. Really you could even ads. say
0: that they all care because I, I don't know. if all care, but all the podcasts that I live, listen to that have ads, and that's most of them. They all th- there's a group of, of companies that that actually uh, uh, pay for ads on those podcasts, and they all stand for for quality, right? Because those podcasters they don't want to they don't want to promote anything that's crappy or doesn't you know uh, uh, that that they wouldn 't they can't really speak for because it 's them talking about the ads, and that immediately is a totally different situation then right they they truly believe in that product, they can talk about it truthfully and say, "This is awesome, get it, you know they support the show, support them blah blah blah, and this works really well. And um, yeah, and that does, and it's a it's a different like it's also it, it it's it's totally different because it's not like tens of crap like t- thousands of crappy things in your face uh, blinking you know and like us on Facebook is just like hey this thing is really good check it out because you will support
2: us as well and right but it's a different it's a different style of ad because they yeah. they have some investment in it because they're actually reading it right because in podcasts usually. The ads are read by the hosts. Yeah, exactly. And so that's a, a, a different dynamic. It's not like they're, you know, just inserting some soundbite. And, and also, those
0: them. they have great the 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 people who pay for the ads also have great uh, return from those ads. Yeah, they true. work really well, right? Yeah. So this is a this is just an example of it working. Like there's definitely something that's changing there. But um, yeah, so so I'm just wondering, you know, this classic kind of automated thing where um where where this website this big magazine website that has a staff of 10 people or 100 people i don't know like 10 people maybe yeah that they can get us they can take a script or something like that or maybe they have to have their own team that implements proper kind of ad delivery system for the website that's not so intrusive and that has good quality ads and that has technology that doesn't fuck up your website You know, like this is because I actually I kind of uh, get get a little bit of insight into how how this is. Um, I got some insight recently on how this is with um, the the kind of the department of uh, ad sales for for stuff like that. They are really they don't care about the technology; they just Mm -hmm. care about those ads being served somehow, right? Yep. And. And that's how that, and and because it's automated, because they sell so many things to to anybody, right? There is money generated, enough money to pay a lot of people's salaries. But couldn't that be kind of like? I think that there must be somebody kind of stepping up now and say, okay, I'm going to do an ad network that is really good. You know, that does that gives you interesting, good quality uh, products only. That are, does does some sort of curating, and then. But also allows those, hopefully, also allows those websites to uh, pay their people's salaries and stuff like that. They, apparently, there's only really bad kind of software or, um, yeah, uh, scripts for that so
1: far. Mm-hmm. I just yeah, wonder it, if
0: there's a middle ground.
1: I'm I'm sure there's an opportunity to disrupt, <laughs> disrupt ads,
0: disruption.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but but for reals, definitely there 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 is an opportunity, and it can be better. I think it just requires somebody, enough people to step up and say, okay, enough is enough. Like your your like one secret to reducing belly fat ad is taking up way too much bandwidth, and it looks awful on my website. Yeah, stop. But do you
2: think that's going to come from? From the content providers that are going to say, "Hey, we're sick of this." I mean, it would wouldn't it have to come from the consumers that would have to stop using it? Because as long as it's generating money for them, I mean, I don't see, yeah, that's
0: you know, a problem.
2: It's that's the problem because if you if you are dependent on that, you are not going to turn that off. I mean, that that'd be crazy, right?
1: Right. No, I think I think that's absolutely right. I think a lot of it's going to have to come from. I think it's going to be a a multi tiered uh kind of attack. It's gotta be the the consumers who are gonna say, I can't handle this anymore. I'm gonna use this other I'm gonna just am gonna stop reading your website and read this other website instead. Or it's going to be the and, and then as well, it has to be the content creators being like, I'm these ads aren't actually doing anything for me the way I need them to anymore. Time to find another solution. And then I think there's also going to have to be the advertisers themselves saying, "Okay, these aren't, this isn't really working. Uh, like nobody's clicking on our ads. We're not making the money we we were hoping to. Because really, the ad agencies are making even more money, right? Yeah. Um, and so, and I think there's still to- some
0: weird stuff going on where they actually sell ad impressions, not even yeah. the click on the ad, right? Just how many times something is shown, which is such, this is just, this is just
2: bullshit, right? There's there's (laughs) no value in that whatsoever. Time to
1: end it. Huh? (laughs) Time to end it. The bullshit.
2: (laughs) But the advertising is just one little part of what he's complaining about. I mean, it's so many other things um, that are mostly on the web. And and I'm wondering if it's, you know, for us as um, people that work in the web, on the web, behind the web all the time, you know, and also in our free time pretty much. Are we maybe a little more sensitive than, you know, normal people because we're just so overexposed to this stuff and um you know, I I don't know, we'd have to talk to somebody that's not on the on the computer all the time, but I think uh,
0: I think it would just yeah. if if it if those practices would be used less, then people would use the web more, you know, let's end okay. uh, yeah, at the end of the day because yeah, because it, even if people are not aware of it, it's still at some level it's irritating to them, hundred yeah. percent, because it it is disrespectful. It's nothing else. It's just really disrespectful with people's time,
2: with their attention. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it takes away it takes away bandwidth. It's tiring. I mean, I mean, you know, you think you ignore this stuff, but. Uh, um, I was just looking for some stuff for for node certain articles and and some sites that you pull up they're they're just nauseating I mean it's really terrible.
1: Oh no, if, it, I'm I'm now at the point where if it takes more than 15 seconds for a site to load on my phone, I just I won't even bother anymore. I won't even go to that way. Like I'll just I'll stop the browser and go back to my Google search and find something else because I just don't have the time to sit there waiting for like. Okay, maybe not 15 seconds, maybe more like 30 or 45, but still, like, I'm, I'm not going to sit there waiting for five minutes for a page to load. That's, that's just ridiculous. Um,
2: so. You're very patient. I wouldn't wait that long. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I don't know. 15, 30, 45 seconds. I don't know. It, it really depends on how good my connection is. Yeah. But. No, ugh. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yep. So, yeah, somebody go out there and fix that. Yeah. Thank you.
2: Please.
0: But uh yes, uh <laughs> Henning, you're right. He's he's talking about a whole slew of things like the pop uh, the pop ups, the listicles, the the banners, the captures, the QR codes. Yeah, just you know, little things that make your life more mail. difficult.
2: I mean it's and like all the, that you know, the, the unsubscribe button. Why do you hide it? If somebody wants to get out, let them go. Yeah. They're not gonna be happy yeah. with you anyway. Why make it hard? You think that's gonna help? I mean yeah, exactly. really <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. So like, yeah. And
0: just to finish this off, like he has, uh, he brings up four points at the end where he says, just do it. It's really quite simple if you want to be part of the 10% uh, of the signal, the good stuff on the web, and just respect people and their time. And I would say also, you know, their attention, like, you know, because you want their attention. And you can force your attention, like there, you know, them to look at you or whatever you're doing, you know, the blinking ad. But that's that's very disrespectful with with their attention. And then respect your craft. Be sincere. Create genuinely useful things. And yeah, that's very true. That's
1: very cool. Yeah, yeah, cool. That was uh,
0: a message from Brad.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Brad. Yeah. (laughs) Henning, what have you found?
2: On a, on a sort of positive note, something that I, I noticed, um, pleasant—I was pleasantly surprised. I'm going to a uh, conference. I think Khalil is going to yes uh, this coming Friday, and uh, if you look at the speaker lineup, it's really amazing. Um, What's the conference? I sort of—it's uh, uh, the nightly build. It's in Cologne, okay. Germany. It's an after-work yes. conference. It's from five thirty until eleven, I think. And. Oh, cool. uh, yeah, so, the, you know, the usual tech conference speaker lineup is, you know, eight or nine out of ten is is male, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, this conference is very different. There are five speakers, and four of them are female. Nice. And I just thought that was really, really cool. Um, yeah, and you know uh, AG Dubs, uh yeah. She's also speaking there, yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. very
0: cool.
1: Yeah. Actually. Yeah, since our, you
2: know, our um industry has a bit of a, a diversity problem and um <laughs> I think this is really great that, you know, some people are are starting to care and, and turning things around and 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 looking out for that. But what what that sort of does, I guess, is um it it makes, you know, our generation aware of that something is wrong and they're trying to fix it. I think that's awesome. But what I noticed, mm-hmm. I mean, I have a 3-year-old daughter and a 6-year-old son. Yeah is that it needs to go way, 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 way farther back. Um, something really that, that sort of struck me um, when, um, so just a short story, my, my son started school last year, and he had broken his arm during the summer, and so he went to school. He started school off with a cast, and I guess, um, you know, circle time or whatever they had, when they got to know each other, they they basically had to say, what, what, are your, what do your parents do? And, I, and um, my wife's an eye doctor, and he probably said, um, my wife works, or my, my mommy works at the hospital, because that's always, are we going to go see mommy at the hospital? Because that's where she mm-hmm. works. And um, so I bring him to school one morning, and this little, probably seven or eight-year-old girl starts talking to him and me, and something about his cast, and that, yeah, that's really you know, a shame that he has it. But, oh, isn't it nice that you have a nurse at home to take care of you. And I'm like, huh? And I was like, yeah, Ryan's mom's a nurse, right? I'm like, no. And so I am assuming that she simply heard, you know, Ryan's mom works at the hospital and automatically assumed she's got to be a nurse, you know, instead of Mm. a doctor. And um, that, that really, really struck me that, you know, little kids already have these gender roles I don't know how they get them. I mean, it's stories or how parents act or something. But um yeah. just made me really aware of having to pay very, very close attention to how I talk to my kids and what I expose them to and that I make sure that, you know, I do the same kind of games with my daughter as I do with my son and um, always remind them that it's, you know, it's not men do this only and women do this only. I mean, my my son, he's always like, oh, but but girls can't be can't be race car drivers, you know. And I'm like, yes, they can, because I, I took took him to a, like a monster truck race uh, or a, you know monster truck event. And his favorite truck is is Scooby Doo, and guess what? It's driven by a woman. And I always have to remind him that he's said, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> but uh, anyway, those those just sort of things I, I I've been thinking about, and uh, you know just be aware of that and uh, it starts way way before you know you get into your workplace is how, how your perception of things yeah. are, are shaped
1: yeah definitely I mean it this is uh, I, I live and breed in this world right uh, not necessarily by choice um, but it's there's a lot to be said for uh, how how people grow up and how they perceive the world from a very young age, and then how that kind of carries over as they get older. And, um, like, I mean, you, you'll always encounter people who are like, what? No, you can't possibly be X because of something over which you have zero control. <laughs> it's like, um, but I, I can't, and I am, so shut up. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's definitely awesome to see more gender diversity at conferences, Um, there's, there's a, uh, you know, I think the, once we get through that piece of, okay, there's more than just dudes who speak at conferences, uh, the next major piece will be just, uh, for lack of a better word, intersectionality, which is just to say that there's a lot of different ways of defining diversity from gender to, race, to religion, to programming language, to, um, you know, uh, how you think about things and uh, accessibility and disability and all sorts of different pieces here and there. There's a, I would, I would, I would proffer that there's a huge, there's like huge chunks of people missing from the conference the tech conference stages and uh we're we're slowly working towards a, in a direction where we're starting to hear more people and and uh, who don't all look the same and act the same and etc cetera, etc cetera. but uh we still have a, quite a ways to go so i'll leave it at that <laughs>
2: <laughs> no it's true but um i don't know this just stuck out as a, as a positive thing. And I wanted to mention that. So,
1: yeah. yeah. No, I think that's awesome. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I also like that it's after work. I yeah. think that's a, that's a neat kind of twist on things. There's a conference in the U S uh, called Alterconf That's also also been doing something very similar. Um, do it like on the weekends in the evening, as opposed to during the day, because uh-huh. it's easier to get, you know, a, a babysitter for exactly. Saturday night or mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think it's cool. I think people are, I think people are disrupting conferences.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean it's definitely a, <laughs> a subject that is um, at least you know being talked about a lot. Not always in, in a positive way, unfortunately, and not everything's great. But uh, at least you know I think it's it's way more in in discussion than it was five years ago.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: At least mm-hmm. that's my my perception
1: totally agreed totally totally agreed
2: i'm just i'm just stunned on how
0: at how they do this though like uh, they're all uh, b- besides um, sebastian uh, or bastian uh, algeier who is from germany aren't they all from the us seems
2: that way yeah
0: stephanie schirmer oh, wow. seems to be from maybe from germany but she also works at etsy so maybe she works in the states Garen means isn't she from the
1: states? Isn't oh she's it's... living in Spain though okay she's in Spain but they all have to be
0: yeah. fl- they all have to be flown in, flown in and and yeah. that, and the ticket for the cost conference was what like thirty bucks yeah you know really yeah <clears throat> they they wow. have they have a bunch of sponsors of course because of course you couldn't do mm-hmm. it any other way but still right you know this is pretty crazy and I was asking uh Sebastian who was it was one of the organizers um how how do you guys do this and he said that um with a lot of communication and asking friendly and and being nice <laughs> and stuff like that yeah, so, yeah. nice kind of very uh, cool yeah, very cool, so definitely um excited
2: yeah, we'll report back next week
1: yeah, please do definitely please yeah. do oh yeah they they
0: have a specific subject, the subject, the central theme is oh, yeah. Uh, Work efficient and live your life. So it's this kind of work-life balance subject. Oh, cool. Mm.
2: Very good one, yeah.
1: Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Interesting. Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, in other news, I've been doing some other reading. I uh, I just started reading a book called The Design of Everyday Things. Have you heard of this book?
2: I think I have. No. Okay. On some podcast.
1: Um, it's, so... So it it took me about a chapter in before I realized the book was actually written in 1989, um, like wow. a long time ago. But basically the book is uh by a a guy who's a a, a psychologist who did some studies on on basically what we would call now uh usability. Uh, UI UX like you know user interface and, and user experience and talking about everyday things like light switches and doors and uh, pencils and pens and your stovetop and your refrigerator uh, and and how it, how they were designed and the kind of the history of of what brought up like, brought these designs together and why is it so impossible to program your thermostat? Or your VCR in this in this case, or you know whatever, and uh, it's really fascinating, not only from like a just a psychological perspective or just a history of things perspective, but if you if you start reading the book with the notion of software, like if you just think about it, if you if you come at it with the software colored lenses, um, it's actually really fascinating about like thinking about how do we write code in a way that helps other people write better applications, right? Or like, why is it so hard to use an API sometimes? Because someone didn't design it very well. And why is it so hard to to, you know, navigate a website. Well, again, wasn't designed very well. Or like what what are aspects of good code design and good API design and good architectural design and all of that stuff. And for me, I'm I'm like really keen on learning more about architecture, uh, like code architecture and stuff. So, reading this book even though it has nothing to do with code. There's no mention of code at all in this book. It's, it's just been really fascinating thinking about things from like a just basic design perspective. Um, and so I would recommend it to anybody who's interested in that stuff. I, I actually was – I had the book in my hand. It was a, an actual book with pages and stuff. It wasn't on my Kindle. <laughs> um, and so I was I – was, I carried it into, into the office the other day. And our, our UX designer actually saw the cover and he goes, oh, good book good book. I was like, (laughs) so like on the one hand I was like, Oh good. Someone else has read it. And then I, I also thought, Oh good. Our UX designer has read it. (laughs) Right. Like, um, so i definitely recommend it. Um, it's, it's an old enough book that you should be able to find it at like a used bookstore or borrow it from a library. Um, or it's like 10 bucks on Kindle, but, um, totally. Is worth there it. any
2: reason to get it on paper? Is it like specifically illustrated or something like uh, that? Or
1: no. So, th- so the real story was I borrowed it from the library uh, via my Kindle, but my husband needs to borrow my Kindle uh, for a class that he's taking. So. Uh, but then I was like, "Oh, can I borrow the Kindle again?" Because uh, this book just came available from the library, and he was like, "Oh, I have that book." And he just he just runs <laughs> his, and, and like goes to the bookshelf and just pulls it out. He's like, "This is the book, right?" And I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> I didn't even know you had this book." So he had the paperback copy, um, and so now he's he he got to keep the Kindle, and now I've got I've got an actual paper book. Wow, it's, it's it. It was fascinating. I'm holding it in my hands, and I'm like, I remember how to hold a book. This is so cool.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Very interesting. So, yeah. Yeah, cool. Cool. Nice uh, little uh, recommendation there. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, funny you should mention APIs. Um, So I've been gathering the the reviews for the podcast from uh, iTunes. And, um, of course, that gets really old really fast in doing that actually in iTunes itself because you have to switch between all the stores, which is not so simple and takes a long time. So there's an API I discovered. And um, so I started fiddling around with that. And since I I prefer JSON over XML, I started using the JSON API. And I discovered that it had no... um, Date time or no timestamp for a review in it. So then I was, I hadn't implemented anything yet. I was just looking at it and thinking about how I could uh, sort of give it um, some kind of um, ID or timestamp or something like that. It actually had the ID, which I saw later, but it had no timestamp. Um, and then I started poking around on NPM to see what other people have done. And there's about 145 packages that have to do with. Um, iTunes <laughs> <laughs> and a uh, surprisingly large amount have either about a five word sentence or nothing describing mm-hmm. what it does so that was really fun <laughs> uh, you guys should force people to do this um,
1: i know i'm sorry yeah
2: no it's, okay. it's your I'm fault
1: sorry.
0: yeah totally go to fault. your room i know <laughs>
2: No, but I so I found one and um uh, it surprisingly was internally using XML. I'm like, "Why is it doing that?" And then I found a a um a comment and it says the uh JSON version of the API is missing the date. And it actually is. You look at the XML version and it has different data in it than or at least different properties uh than the JSON uh, version. And this is something that you know it's not surprising to me anymore but it's it's annoying as as hell um i've i've come across this so many times with with really big you know providers of apis that their different file formats or different response formats don't have the same schema it's like come on and uh, and this terrible. is apple too so i was that was that was actually a bit surprising but so anyway i wrote this little quick little node app that scrapes or or downloads the reviews um now so i don't have to do it by hand
0: very cool and nice. uh,
2: welcome yeah. to node <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's um welcome it's you know it's quick and dirty but it was surprisingly qu- quick to do it yeah so maybe we could put that up on the on our on our org and have some people review it and teach me how to write it better which you, yes. you can talk about this in the in the Next point, maybe. But so, while we're at it, so maybe I just give the shout out to the people. We actually got five reviews this week. Um, The first one is from Austria, my hometown (laughs) country.
1: (laughs) And it's for Stefan.
2: Yeah, it's uh, not my hometown, but um, he's (laughs) he's Stefan Baumgartner. We know him, and uh, he's a listener of the show. Also a podcaster? Also a podcaster, yes. And speaker and. Etc., etc. But yeah, so thank you very much. Um, Very nice review. I'm not going to read them because we have so many. The next one is in Germany Matthew Setter. Thank you very much. And then three from the United States Uh, Patrick Foote, Brad Watts, and Chris Kurokoa or Kurokao. I'm sorry, probably butchered that. But uh, awesome. Thank you so much. Bunch of five star reviews there.
1: Yay. Thank you. Now, how come we haven't seen them all in our Slack channel?
2: Because it's, it's uh, oh, I guess they're not, yeah, I guess none of them are, right?
1: <laughs> hey, you guys, it, come on over. <laughs> yeah, come hang out with us. We yep. talk about kittens. <laughs> <laughs> and other things. There are other topics besides kittens. I just tend to pay attention to the kittens more. Um, yeah, yeah, shout out to the newest people in our in our channel as well.
0: Yeah, so there's a bunch, isn't there? Like I
1: think fresh
0: so. today is uh, Roberto. Yes. So big ups to Roberto. Then also the name who made you actually made your Chrome extension. Did, did you actually Yes. Use, yeah? Yes, so,
1: I saw that somebody made a Chrome a Chrome extension which is super amazing.
0: So uh. I, I don't know how to so his name his his ch- Slack name is wbin s smith i guess yeah <laughs> <Something> like that <laughs> uh yeah so very awesome so we created a um github repository uh, github organization where uh, basically all the projects that are inspired by this podcast are just going to end up. So the, I made everybody um, from the chat who gave me their um, GitHub username and admin in the Reactivists team, <laughs> the <laughs> organization. And uh, yeah, so, so yeah, W. Bin Smith, he did it. He did it. So did you try it out actually?
1: No, I haven't yet. I haven't yet. Um, so I need to... You should do that and
0: report next week.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I've been really, really, really busy this week. So for reasons that I cannot go into, but reasons. they may or may not involve NPM. <clears throat> yeah.
0: yeah. And
1: things that we are trying to release very soon. <clears throat>
0: yeah. Maybe something that's also called
2: organizations.
1: I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. uh, Top <laughs> secret. He's fixing
2: the search. No. That <laughs> <laughs> exactly. comes
1: later, I promise. I promise it's coming soon. Oh, God. um Also, shout out to Emmy Stevens. Yes. Um, and Ollie
0: is also. Ollie. New. Shout out to Ollie.
1: Have uh, have we said hello to Thin Teddy yet? Yes, in... we did.
0: Okay. All right. No, not very active member, but. Uh,
1: no, that's no. okay.
0: It's okay. That's okay. That's fine. We're not judging. It's fine.
1: Well,. We need to give them more more reasons to be active. Yeah, you know. So just really, as we add more people, more interesting conversations will pop up, and then people will get involved. I have no doubt about it.
0: Mm-hmm. For sure,
2: sure. For
1: sure. So yeah, yay. <laughs> yeah,
2: but our list of uh, our list of places to get involved is is getting very interesting. I think. I mean, we have. The website. We're on Twitter. We have Reactive Slack, and now we have Reactive on GitHub.
1: <laughs> yes. So
2: it's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: don't know
2: if any other podcast that's in that many places
1: I that mean, has, their,
2: has their own GitHub org. We are the most places. <laughs> oh, <yeah.
0: laughs> are you even in that many places, podcast? I don't know.
1: We're next thing, most. next thing we're going to do is start a band. Um, yeah uh i know we already have a singer in the mix so we're good (laughs) i can i can i can i can play the um tambourine if you need me to uh i can good i can drop some some sick tambourine beats
0: (laughs) (laughs) and it's going to be called in the most places band
1: (laughs) that's right well no it's got to be called reactive otherwise how is anyone going to find us
0: oh yeah that's true
1: you know we'll be it, it'll be the reactive pod band. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Open the reactive pod doors.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, we should totally have like a spaceship. Yeah. And we can just like, you know,
0: so we can get to the d- different gigs, you know? We'll just yeah. perform on the ship right there. <laughs> Very efficient <laughs> right? uh-huh. programmer like. Also, uh, amazing tool that popped up on twitter today http.cat <laughs> definitely check that out
1: okay that's been around forever first of all oh, and second sure, of all
0: sure but hey i can't know all of the internet okay it's okay yeah, and I also understand. i post this today and i got so many faves and retweets i sh- i think i'm a twit liberty today
1: nice yeah, yeah. Nice. I'm glad. I'm glad. But but <laughs> so the second thing is it hasn't
0: it hasn't come through yet into my vicinity so f- for us it's new so. Okay? <laughs>
1: fine. Disruption. Fine. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so anyway, so for people who don't know what HD, http uh dot .cat is, it's uh it's a status cat. Uh so basically <laughs> whenever cat. you have http uh Status code, right? Like so, two hundred or three or seven or whatever. Uh, and you don't know what it is? You can go to http.cat and put in the status code, and it'll give you an image to help explain uh, what what's actually like what that code means. Um, and that's it's fine. It's cats, <laughs> but there's a better one called HTTP Status Dogs and that one has dogs and images okay. as opposed to cats cuz everybody knows cats are cool but dogs are even better yeah
0: anyway. but 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 the the cat side <laughs> definitely wins in the url game i think the they, they it both does. yeah it does but there there's no dog uh, TL, uh, t l what's it called top level domain so
1: yeah tld, TLD. Yeah, there's no there's no dog TLD yet. yet. but as soon as there is, someone will on create http. I don't know. No, no. I don't have time. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I have so that. little time that I have to. I have to ask our listeners to make like Chrome extensions for me. <laughs> like <It's laughs> that's true. how little time I have. <laughs> well, fi- that would be something that your
0: dogs could finally do. I mean,
1: I mean, it a job. It's true. One of my dogs has a blog. I don't oh, think yeah? she's, But she doesn't have any ads on it, which is probably why she's not making any money. <laughs>
0: well, so, if she gets that TLD, then she can make a shit ton of money, I'm sure.
1: Yeah. Oh, no. I'm, I mean, it's not every day you find a dog who blogs, right? <laughs> quite, a, quite a too? bunch of
0: dogs that tweet, actually, I think.
1: Yes, there are a lot of dogs who tweet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but, the, I mean, blogs are, are a longer form. It takes more effort. <laughs> That's true. I mean, I, at, at least that's what I'm assuming she's doing when she's like not around. <laughs> she just disappears. Oh,
0: do you know a uh, texts uh, from dog? Or what was the sign? Oh
1: my god, that's hilarious! That was the
0: best site. Is that still
1: active? Actually, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Text was it? What, it was, what was it
0: called? Was it text from dog? Text from something
1: dog. like that. I think so. It's still going. There was a pretty on. great Twitter, uh, pretty great tweet the other day with like dog nine one one. Oh yeah, and it was like that that was great. It was like the dog calls dog nine one one, goes, "Oh my god, there's a there's a loud monster." No, they're moving that loud thing
0: around again Uh, or something.
1: Yes, (laughs) that's right. And dog nine one one goes, "Oh my god!" And dog goes, "Oh my god!" Dog nine one one goes, "Oh my god!" (laughs) (laughs) That was it. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my
2: god! (laughs) (laughs) Pretty useless nine one one dog.
1: Here's a a great a great knock knock joke. uh, so, like, uh, one dog says to another dog, uh, Hey, want to hear a joke? And the second dog goes, Sure. And the first dog goes, Knock, knock. And the second dog just starts barking. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, yeah, because, of course, yeah, that's what they do. Because yeah.
1: the t- someone's knocking on a door. And so, of course, the dog just needs to start barking. Anyway, I <laughs> just explained the joke. I think it's time to end. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: okay. It was good though. It took me yeah. a second to get it. it was it's, a good it's a good joke.
1: It's 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 the perfect Raquel joke. It's, oh, yeah. it's just it, that's the kind of joke I like.
0: Okay. I like really oh, silly. How's the CSS jokes. going though?
1: Oh fine for the moment. I oh, yeah? I have I had to deal with CSS too much oh, recently. Okay. I did have to delete one line of CSS and I was very scared to see if it would ruin the entire website but it didn't <laughs> so it worked out okay it was it was luck of the draw really yeah, exciting yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> cool. so orcs is coming right. next week
1: no no i don't know maybe i have no uh, idea uh, I can't tell you uh, uh, uh. alright all right, okay <laughs> <laughs> um no in, in in all truth we have uh we're we're still in beta so we're, we're about to uh, invite a few, very select few people for a beta, and then uh, we'll be... It'll still be a little while yet before orgs is open to the public. But if you're interested in being in the beta, uh, go to npmjs.com slash org uh, or orgs, and um, both, both URLs will work. Uh, and you can sign up um, to be on the beta. And we won't... W- like. Not everybody's going to get into the beta immediately, but uh, we might be able to get you in depending. So do that if that really interests you. Um, Otherwise, I'm just going to keep working really hard to get that out as soon as possible.
0: (laughs) Cool stuffs.
1: Nice. Yeah. Whee! Okay.
0: All right. right. Let's wrap it up.
1: Wrap it up.
0: Wrap it up. Okay, um, so that was it for this, uh, not descriptive, but Reactive. Yep. And you can talk to us at, uh, on Twitter at ReactivePod. Um, what else do I say here? Oh, yeah, the website, you can check it out. The show notes are there at reactive.audio. And uh, I changed my Twitter handle to Tiny Modules because I was annoyed <laughs> by my old Twitter handle. And I, uh, I do this like every couple of years or something like that. I change my Twitter handle. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know why. Either.
1: Okay. Nice. Yep. Yeah.
0: And uh, that's so it's it not for distilled me. hype anymore?
2: No. Nope. You're on tiny modules now? Yeah. Oh,
0: okay. Because distilled okay. hype had a, it had a meaning behind it, distilled hype, which it, I don't feel like it represents <laughs> me anymore. And tiny modules has also meaning for me. And uh, I like the, the letters better and um yeah so that's why all right
1: cool no that's, that's 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 great it is i support you i support you k thank you you're cool. welcome but you can always reach me on twitter at @rockbot and i will never change my twitter handle cuz it's my capital b brand
0: hey what's <laughs> what's what's the thing uh yeah rockbot is an awesome twitter handle and why yeah. why do why do you have that why why do you, where, does that, where, where, where does it come from?
1: Where does Rockbot come from? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so my name is Raquel, but nobody when I was growing up could pronounce my name for reasons that continue to baffle me to this day. Um, <laughs> they would call me Rachel or, or Raquel or <laughs> Rochelle or something. Okay. Um, and, uh, uh, and so my nickname growing up was Rocky. Like like the boxer or the mm. squirrel, depending on your preference, and uh, and then I you know started building robots after a while, and so when Twitter came out uh, or when I first got exposed to Twitter in 2009, I was like, okay, I need a really fancy, you know, hotshot Twitter handle, and so I took my old nickname Rock E, and then took the thing I like to do, which were robots, and I just kind of smushed the two together into Rockbot. Um, and then uh, a few years ago actually there's there was a a new company called uh Rockbot that started in Oakland, California It turns out uh, and they basically they're a an interactive jukebox sort of thing so like when you go to a bar you can you can um like use your, use your phone to add songs to the the music that's playing and that's called rockbot, but it was originally spelled r o q b o t or something strange and then I think their investors were like no 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 you have to change it to R-O-C-K-B-O-T um, and so they asked me for my Twitter handle at that time and at that time I only had like I don't know a few thousand followers and they had like 200 and I was like not a chance this is, this is really becoming a thing And uh, and now there's no way on earth that I'm going to be giving up my <laughs> Twitter handle for anyone so you can always find me at Rockbot cool um, yeah.
2: Maybe for one million dollars.
1: <laughs> no, at this point I'm gonna need at least two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean I'll take ten. But two and a half might be might might,
2: might be worth it Hey, you never know. Say, no. yeah. 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 Anyway. All right. Well that, I'm H. Uh, I'm H. Glattergotts on Twitter and that's yeah. because it's my name and no <laughs> story. Hot boring is <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I didn't know that that was your full name, actually. Yep. Yeah. H. Hey, H. What up? Yeah, it's actually Hans-Henning-Glatter-Götz. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Your name is Double Hans? H.
1: You're from Austria? <laughs> yeah. This is just... Okay. to Hans. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All the stereotypes fulfilled.
1: <laughs> if only your last name were Gruber. Anyway. I'm oh, sure you've man. never seen Hans Gruber.
0: Right? No, I don't know who I'm that first.
1: is. Have you ever seen Die Hard?
0: Uh, for ages okay. ago.
1: Okay, that yeah. is the best Christmas movie of all time. Yes. brain needs to go and see Die Hard. No, I
0: saw it, but it's forever ago. What? Yeah, well, the
1: villain's name is Hans Gruber. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so,
0: I missed opportunity there.
1: <laughs> it's okay. It's all good. Really though, the most important thing is that there's a little mouse named Penny. <laughs> yeah. And with that, dear listeners, L- ladies and a wonderful week. We will chat with you next week.
0: <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.